if that's a fair statement. There's some, there's, there's, there's people I've done ministry with over the years, and um, Al Langstaff's one of these guys. When I first met him, my heart hit knit. First time I met Pastor Ben, um, when he came to this church, there was something that went off in my heart, and I went to Kathy, and I said, I don't know what's going on in my heart. I said, I've never been so deeply connected that quickly. And she said, that's strange, because I felt the same deep connection to Hannah. Say all that to say this. I know this man hears from the Lord, ministers to the Lord, and I really like him. And um, you know him as the youth pastor, but I know him as a fellow servant and preacher. And so that's what I'm... Father, I pray that... Uh, pray for the congregation first and foremost, that we as a people will receive the gifted. Clearly it says in Scripture that when we receive the one who is sent, we're receiving you. You're sending him to equip us, as it says in Ephesians 4, 11 through 13, that you're going to equip us today for the work of the gospel, for the work that you've got before us, for the work that we have as we go to school, as we go into our neighborhoods, as we go into our family. You have sent this vessel, this man, to us today for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, that your kingdom be advanced. So, Father, we put ourselves in a position, first and foremost, to receive from him. And second of all, we pray for him as the vessel, that he be clear, that he would be concise. I pray for words of knowledge, words of wisdom, Lord, prophetic giftings that would flow, that you would minister to each one of us. I pray for those who would hear it that are listening even live or that are listening uh, via MP3s or some other source, that are listening through the web or some other posting. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that this word would go forth in the advancement of your kingdom, Lord. You who said, let there be light in the eternity was broken into our reality. Let that be here today in the name and authority of Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, amen. 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 Am I on? I was. Can you hear me? So, I've been thinking and just kind of wrestling and chewing on the year to dream. And I was taking an honest look at my own life. Am I dreaming? Am I dreaming? What are, what are my dreams? What are God-given dreams? What are God-given things I'm hoping and dreaming about. And also thinking, if I'm not dreaming, why not? So my question to you this morning is, are you dreaming? And if not, why not? We're going to dig in. I dream thieves. We're going to camp out in James this morning. So turn, if you would, to James. Pretty sweet spirit here this morning, huh? 
was the James the only one that came in a little bit melancholy this morning? Seems kind of a little heavy this morning. Proverbs 13, 12, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. Hope deferred. Just before I get into it, I'm going to just tell you a natural progression of where we, what what happens to us spiritually. Uh, I'm I'm kind of using hope, hope as a metaphor, uh, uh, kind of the. In my mind, I see hope and dreaming kind of the same. Actually, before I start, Eldon. Eldon turned 85 this week. So. <laughs> 85 years young. Isn't he an awesome breeder? All right. Hope. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of in my mind. Think of hope and dreams. Hopes and dreams. We hear them together a lot, don't we? Hopes and dreams. So I'm kind of, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. Kind of our natural progression of what happens when things don't go our way and things, what gets us to that point where hope is no longer Starts with discouragement. Just a little seed of discouragement. A little something that it didn't happen. It didn't happen the way I wanted it to happen. What's going on? It starts with the seed of discouragement, then it goes to confusion. We begin to question why is this happening? I don't understand. Why isn't it happening? Confusion turns to unbelief. Unbelief is when hope is lost and expectation is gone. Hope is lost, expectation is gone. And it goes beyond that, it goes to disillusionment. That's where we begin to question even, even God. We question God, we question ourselves, we question others. Life is full of questions because I had the seed of disappointment. We begin to question even the character of God. Disillusionment turns to bitterness. Bitterness is deep feelings of resentment. We begin to blame God. Not just question Him, we begin to blame Him. Bitterness. Deep feelings of resentment. Instead of coming and being able to be in a place where your heart is open to Him when we're worshiping, when we're singing, He won't relent until He has it all. You say, I'm not giving you anything. 
because my hopes and dreams were not fulfilled. Bitterness leads to cynicism. Complete loss of faith and hope. Are you there this morning? All of us are somewhere on that rung, somewhere in that process in one area of life or another. We're going to be kind of real and practical this morning. There's, every one of us deals with hope deferred. Every one of us deals with things didn't work out the way I wanted them to. Things are not going how I, how I planned. Are you following me? What gets us to that place? Where does that begin? So this morning, I need some help. I need uh, Isaac. And Peterson, can I get you, man? And Seth, you too, man. So, all right, grab them bean bags. You three guys, come on. Yeah, you. All right, each of you grab a bean bag. I, I want to give you a, a, there's five of them, that's all right. Steven, you're going to be our, our gauntlet guy here. So, you'll see. Here, go ahead, take this. All right, guys, make a gauntlet right down here on each side. Peterson's going to be our enforcer at the end. I want to give you an illustration. You might want to take your uh, jacket off. I don't want to get ripped. So we need guys, you stand up. Opposite, opposite sides. You ever watch American Gladiators? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what's the deal? Okay, what, what's happening? <laughs> All right. So. <laughs> I, I got to talk to my guys for a second. Do not let him through, guys. Now, here's your dream right here. Yeah. Get through this. Your dream will be fulfilled. All right, who thinks you can do it? You ready, Peterson? All right, go. Oh. He's in Tom's lap. Okay, 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 okay. Okay. 
Go back to the beginning here. Come on. You guys doing okay? Feel good, Peterson? He's been out of football for about a month, so. You sure you're big enough? No. You're five foot five. You have what it takes? All right, go try it again. Don't let him through, guys. Okay, okay. All right. If you give up now, I'll give you five. You don't want to give up? I got other maneuvers I can go around. All right. You got to get through them. Through them. All right. Go. Oh. Okay, okay, okay. All right, give them now, I'll give you ten. What is this, deal or no deal? Deal or no deal. Going to a commercial break. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Think you can do it? Why does I have to be the dude running through this? <laughs> you got skills, man. There's a garbage right here. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's do this. He needs a little encouragement. Come on, Stephen. Come on. Okay, 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 okay. How you guys feeling? How are you doing? You good? Yeah, I'm okay. So I have uh, $11. You want to give up now? All right. Get through, man. He needs encouragement. Come on. Come on, Steven. Yeah. Yeah.
It's the illustration, dude. Yeah. Yes. Yes. There's something about when we finally get through, it's better than we expected. So. Thanks, guys. Good job, Stephen. So, <laughs> I like illustrating things. I, I like illustrating things out of the Word, but I also like teaching truths. Truths about the Word that are not directly. I like getting visuals. I like. I like teaching the Word of God without directly quoting the Word of God. You know what I mean? It, when it becomes a part, when we're saturated with it, when it becomes a part of... A lot of times young people have no idea I'm teaching them straight out of the Word. So, I give you that illustration to give you some biblical truths. First dream thief is t- uh, t- temptations and trials. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. You like that? Consider it joy when you face trials. When that same temptation that keeps knocking you down over and over and over and over. Suddenly an enemy comes in and says, well, here, why don't you just give up? I'll give you, a, I'll give you half the amount. We settle for something that's not what God had for had in mind. We settle for something that's He has something so much greater in store. And we settle for something because we keep getting knocked down by the same temptation over and over and over and over. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. We could have played that thing on all, all morning. Perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that it may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Did you hear that? Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. It will be given to him. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt. Because he who doubts is like a wave in the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That man should think, should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded man, unstable in all he does. Not going to receive anything. The brother in humble circumstances ought to take pride in his position. But the one who is rich should take pride in his low position. Because he will pass away like a wild flower. For the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant. It blossoms and falls. Beauty is destroyed. In the same way the rich man will fade away even while he goes about his business. I I heard when a baby comes out of the womb, hands are clenched and someone dies the very last thing to 
to happen as the hands go limp. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial. Because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God promised to those who love him. Did you hear it? Did you see it? Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial. Because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God promised to those who love him. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 talks about talks about the suffering and things we go through, the trials and temptations, when we finally begin to overcome them, when we, when we go through things. God's developing character and developing strength and developing perseverance in us. There's things that you have gone through, things that you have really, if we're to say it very clearly, you've suffered through. There's things that have knocked you down over and over and over. But the Lord in his grace and through, through the, the body of Christ and through the encouragement of everybody else going, come on, Stephen! You've overcome, you've pressed through, you've, you've gotten through it. Guess what? Guess who has authority to speak into that in someone else's life now? There's things you've gone through. We heard it in how many testimonies this morning? There's things you've gone through, things the Lord's taking you through so that you will have the authority to speak into somebody else's life. It might not be right away either. might be 10 years later, all of a sudden you're saying, oh, that's why I went through what I had to go through, so that I could speak into this specific situation, so that I could identify with somebody. Temptation. The temptation of, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when his own evil desires, he's dragged away and enticed. Then after desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. Sin, when it's full grown, gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers. Even good and perf- Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heaven, heavenly lights, who does not change like sifting shadows. He chooses to give us Birth through the word of truth that we might be kind of first fruits of all that he has created. What is your temptation? What is the thing that you're trying to get through and it keeps knocking you down over and over and brings that seed of discouragement? That seed of discouragement suddenly begins. And now I'm totally hopeless and I've given up on my dreams. I'm not even thinking about them anymore. I don't have dreams anymore. Because I tried it and it, ah, over and over. I'll just give you a very practical 
thing on how, how do we overcome that thing that's knocking us down over and over. Yes, it comes through spending time in the Word, spending time in worship, spending time in that place of, of intimacy with Him. But there's, there's practical things we can do too in, in that. Come up with a list. Who, when, what, where, why, how? Why does it happen? Why do I keep falling to this thing? What are the circumstances around it? Come up with, your, come up with a list. Say, these are the temptations that keep knocking me down. This is what, what's keeping me from fulfilling my, the dreams God given me. Come up with a list. And then, honestly, think and process it through. Why does it happen? When does it happen? Where does it happen? So, form a list. Secondly, go crazy. Matthew 5.29. Jesus said, if your eyes causing you to sin, gouge it out. Your hands causing you to sin, chop it off. What on earth does that mean? Because if if it was literal, we'd all be limbless and blind, right? He's saying, go crazy. Cut that thing off. It's better for you to walk into heaven wounded than to, than to live holding on to something you're not supposed to be holding on to. If your computer is causing you to sin, throw it out. Go crazy. Get rid of it. Do something that's not normal. If you're honestly getting to a place where I'm tired of getting knocked down, I'm tired of getting, I'm tired of not being able to fulfill the dream God's given me, I'm tired of it. You've got to do something in response to what he's saying to do. Go crazy. Your eyes causing you sin, gouge it out. Your hands causing you sin, chop it off. Alrighty then. Make a list. Go crazy. Talk to somebody who can really help you. Talk to somebody who can really help you. You know, the, one of the, the hardest things about temptation, the struggles, enemy likes to use this thing called isolation, and he likes to use this thing called shame. If I go tell somebody what I'm dealing with and struggling with, if I could tell somebody that temptation that keeps knocking me down over and over, they're going to think less of me. I'm a youth pastor. They're all going to... Really? If I'm going to somebody who honestly loves me, what attitude are they going to have in response to me? Their attitude is going to be, how can we get through this? How can we fight this together? I'm going to take you by the arm. We're going to fight through this together. Not, oh, what are you doing? What is wrong with you? Is that, is that really the response we would take? No, it's not. But somehow the enemy likes to twist it and do things with our mind to make us think that that's what's going to happen. 
They're not going to treat me the same. They're going to reject me. They're going to kick me out of the church. Can we just be real and honest that we will all struggle with stuff? Come up with a list. Go crazy. Talk to someone that can really help. And number four, resist. Resist. Submit. Later on in James, James chapter 4, it says, Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to, to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. Submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil. Resist. Submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil. And he will free, flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. That's a promise. Aren't you grateful that even though that temptation that's knocking us down over and over and over, I can submit myself to God, submit myself to his word, submit myself to what he's saying, resist the devil, and he will flee. First one, temptation. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. Let's be real. Anything you're dealing with, anything you're tempted with, it hasn't seized you except for what is common to man. We all struggle with stuff. Every one of us. I'm not trying to say this in a condemning or judgmental or... I'm saying we're... If you really want to get through and break through that temptation, you really want to break through and get to God's dream, get to God, what God has for you, you've got to be real and do some practical things to get you there. You guys following? All right. The next, uh, I got another illustration. I got to get it in my office quick. <laughs> Can you hear me now? Okay. In this box, I have something that will make all your dreams come true. 
this box can destroy dreams. What's in this box can help you fulfill your dreams or destroy them. What's in this box can bring life or death. What's in this box? Whoa. What's in this box starts wars and ends wars. What's in this box begins marriages and ends marriages. You know what's in the box? Any idea what's in the box? You want to know? A remote. What's in this box has life or death. It's kind of nasty. <laughs> it's it's really I left it wrapped just because it's it's nasty. It's a tongue. Pretty gross. We should pass it around. <laughs> it is a huge tongue. Beef tongue. Ew. Yeah, we're having a potluck Wednesday. <laughs> James chapter 3. Now, many of you should presume to be teachers, my brothers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. If anyone is, is never at fault in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to keep his whole body in check. Hmm. When we put a bit in the mouth of a, a horses, it makes them obey, obey us. We can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by a strong winds, they're steered by a very small rudder. Uh, sorry. Small rudder where the pilot wants it to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes a great boast. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person as the whole course of his life is on fire and itself set on fire by hell. 
with the tongue we praise the Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can salt spring produce fresh water. The tongue. He says it's a small, small thing. <laughs> the tongue has the power of life and death. Those who love it will eat its fruit. Some of you, the reason your dreams are not, the reason they're taken from you, the reason you're, you're in that place of where seeds of discouragement have come and, and suddenly there's bitterness and there's resentment and ugh. Now I'm, I'm, now I'm to a place where I don't even like God, I don't like what he does, I come to church because I have to. I sit there during worship and I fake it. We sang a whole bunch of songs this morning. I have no idea what we sang. It was just a bunch of words. Part of the reason we get to that place is because we don't know how to control our tongue. Life and death and the power of the tongue. Jesus a lot, a lot of times in the epistles and Acts, there, there, was, there was the, the questions and concerns about what, what do we eat? When we eat, does that make us unclean? Over and over they said, no, it's really not what you eat that makes you unclean. It's what, come out, what comes out of your mouth. It's what comes out of your mouth that defiles man. What's coming out of your mouth? Are you speaking the word of truth? Are you speaking blessing? Are you speaking the word of God over a situation? You know, it doesn't look like the, the circumstances and the, the things that are happening in life right now don't make any sense, but I'm still going to stand on the word of God. Or are you going to let discouragement come in and, and, and start poison? Some of you are not seeing your dreams fulfilled because your tongue, you don't know how to control your tongue. And let's face it, it says it very clearly and plainly, the tongue is the hardest thing to tame. Isn't it amazing that the Tower of Babel, the Tower of Babel, God comes and he says, there's nothing Nothing man, when they're working together, can't do. They're trying to build a temple, a, 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 a tower to heaven. God says there's nothing they can't do when they're working together. So what does he do? He confuses their tongue. Right? They all suddenly start speaking in different languages, and then they all broke up and... <sighs> Weird. Acts chapter 2, God's bringing unity to the body, bringing unity to the church. What did he use? 
tongue. God said it very clearly. With God, all things are possible. When we be in unity through the Lord, through God, only our tongue can begin to praise Him, begin to speak words of truth and life. What's your tongue speaking? Your tongue. strange. It's going back in the box. (laughs) Your tongue. I think of Joshua and Caleb. Here's this dream, the dream for Israel. The promised land, the dream, the thing God promised. Here it is. Here, ten spies. Go, go out and check, check out the land. Everybody comes back and says, we look like grasshoppers. They're going to kill us and crush us. We, don't, we can't go there. Joshua and Caleb are like, let's go, man. God promised it. Let's get it. It's land flowing with milk and honey. and Let's go. What's the outcome? Life and death in the tongue. Moses. I can't, I can't even talk. Here he spent 40 years in isolation. 40 years dealing with failure and isolation. God comes to speak to him in a burning bush. Who gave you your mouth, Moses? But, but, but I can't, can't talk. Moses, I've got, a dr- I've got a dream for you. I've got a job for you to do. I want you- I've got a specific plan and purpose for you in your life. I, I tried, but I failed. I ended up killing a guy. And Some of you here are in, in, in that place, yet you're around people. You go to work, you come to church, you're around people, you're still in a place of isolation. You're still in a place of, I'm dealing with some kind of failure. I'm dealing with some kind of a that temptation that knocked me over, over and over. I'm dealing with it. Because I'm dealing with it, I'm, I'm spending my life in a place of isolation, in a place of, yeah, I'll talk to you. I'll play the game. There's dreams and things God has for you, specifically. Next one is testing, trying. Kind of ties into temptation and trials. Really, all these kind of tie in together. If you read it back in James, chapter 5. James chapter 5, 7 through 11. 
Be patient then, brothers, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits in the land to yield the valuable crop and how patient he is for the autumn and spring rains. You too, be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against each other, brothers, for you'll be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Brothers, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke of in the name of the Lord. As you know, we consider blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's, Job's perseverance. Anybody heard of Job's perseverance this week? You have seen that the Lord had finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Your dream, the promise God's given you, your hope, it's going through a, it has to go through a process. It has to go through time. It has to go through a thing of testing. We read all, all throughout Scripture, people walking through a testing. Abraham fell face down. He laughed and said to himself, Will a son be born to a man 100 years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90? Abraham said to God, if, if only Ishmael might live under your blessing. Next, the Lord said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Sarah was listening to the entrance of the tent, which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah were already old and well advanced in years. Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself, and she thought, after I am worn out, my master is old, I will now have this pleasure. Really? Cynicism. Even Abraham, who we consider father of what? Father of faith. Had to go through a time of testing, time of time. 100 years old. God promised him a son. It was his dream. He had to go through it. Against all hope, Abraham, in hope, believed and so became the father of many nations. Just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Hope against hope. Against all hope. By faith, Abraham, even though he was past age and Sarah herself was barren, was enabled to be, become a father because he considered him faithful who had made the promise. God is faithful, is he not? You know, we read that scripture in Hebrews, talks about, I'll never leave you or forsake you. You know the context of that scripture? has to do with your money. Be content with what you have, for it is written, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Some of you are going through the test and trial of the time of, 
just speak very real and open. A lot of times our finances are is the one thing that's holding a lot of us back from where God has us, is it not? Number four, tired. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, sit here while I go over and pray. He took Peter and his two sons Zebedee along with him. He began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he said with his face to the ground and prayed. My father, is it possible to take this cup be taken from me? Yet not I as will, but, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Could you Ben, not keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Peter. He went away a second time and prayed, My father, it's not possible for this cup to be taken away from me unless I drink it. May your will be done. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed a third time, saying the same thing. Then he returned to his disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour is near, and the Son of Man is betrayed into, your, into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. Are you tired? Weary? Remember what he said to Peter? you men not keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter. Let me tell you what Peter wrote. 1 Peter 5.8 Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Peter even had to go through Testing, trial, had to go through time, had to go through a process. What authority did he really have to be able to speak this? He couldn't even stay awake for an hour. He went through a process. God brought him to a place where he could could write this from a place of authority. Be alert. Be self-controlled and alert. We're not like Eutychus sitting in a window. Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking for someone to devour. It's yet one more reason we need each other. We need to be looking out for each other's back. I don't know if you guys have seen that, that YouTube video. It's called Battle of Kruger. There's this water buffalo. 
He gets uh, kind of isolated and separated by a pack of lions. They're chasing him. He ends up kind of stumbling and falling into a, a pond. And while the lions are trying to pull him out of the pond, a crocodile comes and grabs him from the, from the rear. And they're like, there's a pack of lions and crocodiles fighting over a water buffalo. And it all happened from isolation. But you know what happened? That's not the end of the story. It's really cool. You should look it up. Battle of Kruger. It's awesome. Wish I had the video. The lions and the crocodiles are fighting over this water buffalo. And all of a sudden, like, these people are on an African safari. And they're like, oh, my goodness. Ah. And all of a sudden, like, the camera moves up. There's a huge pack of water buffalo. And they're, like, ready to go. And, like, all of a sudden, this battle ensues. And it shows, like, these big, huge water buffalo, like, start goring the, the lions, and it's, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> huh? Kind of like the tongue, yes. The enemy wants to use isolation. He loves to use isolation. He loves to use our failures. The things we don't do good enough. We don't, things we keep getting knocked down over and over and over. Or wants to use us as a body. We're like that pack of water buffalo. What do you know that's isolated? The enemy loves to use isolation, man. And when he isolates people, then they become they, this this process of becoming bitter and this process of getting to a place of cynicism happens quick. And now it's not only God they're mad at, they're now mad at the church, they're mad at the body, they're mad at everybody. Most of us probably know somebody that's cynical toward God in the church. And it all started with the thing of isolation. It started because they couldn't be real with temptation and real with that this thing is knocking me down over and over. And I mean, used it in their mind, used it in their heart. I can't be real and open with anybody. I have to cover myself. Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve in the garden. They sinned against the Lord. What was the first thing they did? They went and sewed fig leaves together. I mean, you know, like, have they been practicing sewing? Think about it. Sewing fig leaves, fig leaves together was not, it was an intricate, well-thought-out plan. We'll go through anything trying to cover up our sin.
we have this picture of God. God comes walking in the garden in the middle of the day. What do Adam and Eve do? They run and hide. What was God's response to them? What is wrong with you? I didn't create you for this. You're such a failure. Nope, his response was, who did this to you? Who told you you were naked? Who did this? Who did this to you? What it did, oh, the heart of God. We we live in isolation and fear and hiding from trying to cover up our sin. Our view of God and who he is begins, gets, gets so messed up, so screwed. Instead of being a loving father who wants to come and cover us, clothe us, he calls to us, he comes to us. He, he, instead of being a loving father, he becomes this, oh. he becomes this thing in our mind where it's like, what's wrong with you? Not his heart at all. Tell you the, 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 the heart of God when we live life falling into temptation over and over and not living out and, and following the dreams and plans he has for us. hurts his heart more than us. He wants to be close to us. He wants to have an intimate relationship with us. He wants to be in that place of having it all. You know, you might be here this morning, the temptation has knocked you over, over and over and over again. Suddenly it's affected your intimacy with the Lord. It's really what it all comes down to. When we're spending time with him, spending time in his presence, and then we're not running away from him, running to him, saying, God, you have it all. When we come to that place, that's when he's able to give us his God-given dreams and plans and visions. And his dream for you is not for you. His dream for you is not for you. It's the year to dream. You really want a God-given dream? You want to start dreaming and, and, and thinking about what God's put in your heart to do? 
I'll tell you part of that comes when we begin to get our eyes off of ourselves. We get our eyes off our own trials and temptations and circumstances and we begin to get our eyes on each other. We begin to get our eyes on the body. We begin to get our eyes on those who are isolated. It might mean this week you going to somebody's house you haven't seen in six months. We begin to get our eyes on each other. We begin to get our eyes on the body. We begin to get our eyes on the nations, get our eyes on the world, on the world around us. God, why have you put me in where, where I'm at? What is your dream for me here? What is your dream for me here in, in my workplace? What is your dream for me here in my school? Kids are restless, huh? <laughs> Worship team, can you guys come on? Now, I think we're going to just take some time and spend a little time in worship. I want you to honestly think and process and let the Holy Spirit do His thing. If you feel the Holy Spirit tugging on your heart, can we get the prayer team up front here? Can we get the elders too? Something in the message is tugging on your heart. You're saying, I don't really tame my tongue at all. Get me away from church and I'm beep, 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 beep. Get me away from church and it's not blessing, it's it's cursing that's coming. You know, part of you might be here this morning, you're feeling isolated. Might be here this morning and you're feeling that disconnect with the Lord. You're feeling that separation. You're feeling that I'm not in a place of intimacy with Him. You might be here this morning and you're I don't know where you're at. You might be cynical. One of the steps to overcoming temptation talking to somebody who can really help you. You might be here this morning and it's not a complicated, weird, spooky, spiritual thing. Simply, these people are here to listen, talk to them. You know, it might come to the point where I just, I want to expose myself. I want to express. I want to just Want growth to take place? Get real. So let's let's worship together.